it's time to transform your life. Welcome to Direct Connect Empowerment with your host, Fee Mazanke. Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm your host, Fee Mazanke, and joining me today is my very dear friend, Talking about reflecting greatness in others, John Kane. Welcome, Johnny. Hey, Faye. Hey, everybody. Hey, and a, a big shout out. I'm sure you're having a big listening party in your office. To, so, to everyone in the office out there, shout out to all of you out in the East Coast. John is uh, truly a brilliant leader. And in defining brilliant leaders, I mean that John makes everyone around him better at whatever they do. And I'm sure. All of you are probably shaking your heads that have had experiences with John uh, because you know this to be true. This is a phenomenon I have witnessed with John for close to about 20 years now. John is married to a wonderful wife, Tracy, and he has three beautiful, beautiful children whom I adore. I know John well, and that's what he would really want you to know first about him. His family is his priority. He's also really deeply passionate about personal growth, sports, go Eagles, right, Johnny? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music, except when you're trying to wrestle away the karaoke mic from us. Uh, We do have karaoke wars, John and I. We like to sing together a lot. Uh, Supporting others in spiritual development. On the professional side, John is the director of sales development for Vector Marketing Corporation. Vector is the marketing division for world-famous Cutco Cutlery, and if any of you have ever had a chance to use Cutco, you know that it is simply the best cutlery on the market out there. I cannot even imagine my kitchen without my Cutco Cutlery and cookware. The sales programs in Vector are also world-class, and John has an opportunity to oversee the programs, and they truly are the best out there. But what makes Vector really, really unique are the the amazing people there. John values his relationships with the people within his organization so much that it enables him to get a vision of how to implement a program based on utilizing their strengths and abilities of those people within the organization. John's gift is his ability to lead from a place of love and joy and to develop others to do just that. My gift is my everlasting and growing friendship with John, where we have supported each other in our lives, our growth, and our evolvement. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome with joy and gratitude to the show my dear friend, John Kane. Hey, Johnny, yeah. my, my first you're question. To make, you're not supposed to make me cry right in the beginning <laughs> of the program, Faye. Hey, Johnny, <laughs> you, you and I, we cry together all the time, don't we? Oh, many tears are shed, but much more laughter than tears, right, Johnny? Amen. Yeah, right on. Hey, uh, my first question, how many times did you get pranked today, and what was the best prank of all today? Any? Uh, you know, quite a, quite a few. Uh, there was a, there was a uh, Facebook post uh, that, that uh, was a pretty good prank today that someone sent me. 
uh, we have that. That was one, and uh, I don't know. The kids haven't had a chance to get to me yet. I'm pretty sure when I get home, they're going to have some fun things in store. Uh, looking forward to that. But uh, hey, mostly just a great day so far. Really looking forward to our time. Sounds great. Now, John, I want to start on, uh, as we dive into our topic about reflecting greatness in others, I want you to fill the listeners in on how you got to this place of working with leaders to find the best possible fit for their talents. Fill me in on that, will you? Sure. I, I think, you know, to, to get into that, I think a little background is necessary. You know, I think uh, there's so many times in our life when things come our way and we may not realize the impact of small moments. And uh, I'm going to go back 24 years ago, being a college student on my college campus and uh, seeing the name Vector Marketing on a bunch of t-shirts. And uh, a few weeks later, went home and saw that same name on a letter and went in and applied for the position to work with Cutco. And um, that summer really changed my life. I had been blessed with a great family, had worked construction with my dad and uh, my dad had kind of determined that it was time for me to do something different. I don't think he saw me as being cut out for uh, construction long term. And he kind of pushed me out of the nest and said, hey, go, let's check out what's out there. And, uh, you know, I remember coming into that Cutco interview and being impressed with the people and the product. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I can do this, but this looks like it could be fun. And um, without going too deeply into all the details, I just will say that that summer transformed my life. I learned things that summer as a young person that uh, I thought were complementing my studies that wanted to be a teacher. I got some mentors. There were people I looked up to. I mean, that summer I met Al DeLeonardo, who I know is going to be one of the guests on your future programs. I think he's on the day before his birthday in May. That'll be cool. He is. And uh, I met people like Earl Kelly. I met, you know, people... Uh, I met a lot of people that, are, that have been lifelong friends and uh, just kind of got involved in a culture of leadership and growth. And, you know, these aren't, weren't things I was being taught in the classroom. I was getting some good book knowledge, but um, I would just say that, you know, being able to be immersed in a culture where um, there was a value put on people, a value put on doing things a great way, and a value put on, you know, evolving. That really helped. And uh, in some way, I think over most of the last 24 years to have been able to be in a place where those things are valued makes a difference. And I mentioned that for all the listeners, and I realize many of you have, you know, don't work with this company and don't know a lot about it. But I just make that point because I think if you can find a way to put yourself or others that you love in a place where there's fertile ground to grow and develop, I think big things that can happen can happen. Secondly, see, I want to reflect on Vector's decision 14 years ago um, to help you transition from a role within the company where we met to a role where you were in a place of helping people grow um, in the early stages of your coaching business. I know you reflected last week that you were called to that purpose, and uh, I want to tell you that I was blessed to be one of the first people that had an opportunity to coach with you at that time. And I was new in an executive role. And um, I can just tell you today, I'd love to be able to reflect on some of the lessons from 14 years ago that are still with me. And all this to say, I think the right environment, the right mentors, and, uh, you know, there's, there is some luck involved, but I would just say those are some things that have uh, helped put me in a place to be able to do what I do today. And um, I'll wrap up by saying this. I think you can work hard. I think you need to, you need to work hard, and I think you need to 
you know, be excited about what you're doing, but we also, we all need help. No one gets there alone. I love it when John Maxwell talks about that concept, that there's no one who gets anywhere by themselves. And when I think about what's put me in this position, um, there's so many people in my life that uh, I'm grateful for. And when I think about what are some of the greatest assets in my life, they're not, it's not a number on a piece of paper or a number on a financial balance sheet. It's, uh, it's just those relationships. And uh, I think sometimes it's easy to, for people to get excited about money and get excited about, you know, uh, you know kind of worldly things that we, we think we want. And we don't realize sometimes those greatest gifts are right around us. So those are some thoughts. Is that, how's that? <laughs> <laughs> that answers it and then some. And I want to add to it. I have a coaching friend that had mentioned to me a few years back, she said, in uh, working, she, and she was working with people in Vector and coaching people in Vector, and she said uh, there was no other company that was so hungry for personal growth and development than Vector. And she had been working with many, many, many companies outside of Vector up to that point. And as you mentioned, that fertile ground is certainly something there within Vector, and it continues to get cultivated. And I think that's just why the company is growing and developing such great leaders. John, one of your greatest assets is utilizing your intuition in making decisions. In fact, I read this quote from Alan Alda. It said, you have to leave the city of your comfort and go into the wilderness of your intuition. What you'll discover will be wonderful. What you'll discover is yourself. And it reminded me so much of you. Tell us how you developed your intuition to support you in making decisions, John. The first thing I think to see, again, comes back to mentors. And uh, there were, you know, as I was growing up, I can think of a couple, you know, instances professionally where, you know, there were times as uh, as a young representative or manager where, I would kind of rush into things, and uh, I can remember uh, one of my earliest managers, Tom Cannon, saying, hey, just uh, take, a, take a step back so you can take a couple steps forward, and that's something that's always stayed with me. You know, when you think about it, you know, if, uh, if, if you think about in the gospel, you know, you think about the idea that, hey, Jesus, uh, you know, took, took time away so he could move forward, and I think there's so many examples uh, in life where if you just slow down for a minute or take a little time to think or take a little time to kind of get off the treadmill of life for a minute, I think that opens up the door for that intuition to come in. You know, one of the things I love, I'm going to steal some of Al's material, but one of the things I love about something I've learned from Al, you know, very often he'll say, you know, when you bring something, he'll say, is that your best work? And, uh, and then he'll say, are you sure that's your best work? And usually by the third time you come back, you know, you've had a chance to really sit with whatever you've done, and you're able to present uh, your best thing. So I, I think some of that intuition comes from watching other people make decisions. Sometimes, uh, you know, it comes from the experience of having made decisions too quickly, and you see sometimes the result of what happens when you move too fast. And uh, I would just say that, uh, you know, one of the things specifically I learned from you especially as it relates to, uh, you know, the decision-making process is, you know, to kind of check in with yourself and ask yourself, hey, is that true? You know, how do I know that that's true? And I think one of the foundations of your uh, coaching process is, 
to have people, you know, stop and check in. And I don't know, maybe you would talk about that a little bit more, but that's something I know that I took away. I remember being 30 years old, I was about to get married and was in a new job, and I was feeling a lot of stress and anxiety. And I remember you encouraging me many times to just breathe and slow down. So, uh, you know, I would just credit some of our experiences, one of the things that helped that develop. I think it's like anything else. If you practice something and you are intentional about something and you really, uh, you know, take the time to uh, create space to let things come in, I think that's when that intuition starts to work. Definitely. And you're, you're so gifted at it, John. And I would say that every single person that I've ever worked with in coaching, they have an internal guidance system. We all do. And kids have it, uh, you know, all the way up to grandparents and anyone in between. And using your intuition, some people call it your gut, your gut instinct, um, that's also referred to as your abdominal brain, that is such a valuable muscle to get utilized and to strengthen and develop because there's really this very deep internal guidance system within each person that if you check in, and I always encourage clients to check in, if you check in, it will never steer you wrong. And so one of the things that I love to do is just respect when people check in and honor whatever it is that they do. So thank you. And keep using that, uh, that gut instinct, John, because it's definitely working for you. Now, for yours, John, your motto has been keep helping people. How do you get your drive to support people? Because you support an abundance of people. And how does that impact them in being great? I just want to address this idea of keep helping people. You know, I think everybody can relate to having times in your life when you feel like you're on top of the mountain and you feel like you may be in the valley. And there are times in your life when you may be on top of things financially and you may not. There's times in your life when your relationships are in a great place and there's times when they're not. And, you know, I think everybody can relate to that human experience. And one of the things that has helped me during times of, uh, during, uh, I, I think, good times and bad is, is, is kind of realizing that, uh, you know, no matter what's happening, what's going on, no matter sometimes even how you feel, that when you kind of get, you know, Mark Lovis was a manager in our business, and he kind of quoted, this was his quote, he said, when you kind of get off self and on purpose, things start to work. And I love that quote, and uh, I've just seen so many examples of uh, people that I admire who found a way to keep reaching out, to show up for people during some of their toughest times. You know, when I think about people I respect and admire in my life, I definitely think about people who've been there through the tough times. And I guess having felt that, it just felt, you know, to me at times like a mantra that made sense. It's the idea that no matter where you are, what situation that you're in, you know, whatever great things people are saying about you, whatever bad things people are saying about you, you can control what you do on a daily basis and you can control what's happening. You know, and I think about many times when maybe I wasn't feeling good, but realizing that with a few text messages, a phone call, connect with a friend, send a postcard, send a note, 
that there's little things that you can do to put yourself in a better place. And uh, I would just say that, you know, if you look historically, uh, people like Jesus, Gandhi, Mandela, just, you know, I love, I was a history major in college, and I love reading, uh, you know, I love reading about great historical people. One of the things that you see is that most great people <laughs> went through some stuff, but they found that, you know, by keeping the mission or others, uh, you know, first and kind of putting others first and themselves second or last, however you look at it, that, uh, you know, it, that, uh, you know, if you look, you can see that many of those lives were lives worth living. So again, I think, uh, these are just things that have, I've had a chance to evolve and develop and, uh, and uh, I really think, you know, again, I want to bring it back to, uh, I'm going to keep bringing it back to you and the program here, Fee, because I, I really think that you're going to do a great job bringing out everybody else's stuff, but I want to make sure people understand that uh, you've done that. And I, I just want to speak really simply to, uh, you know, without going into great detail, a difficult time in my life where... One of the things that you did during a time of need for my own family is you reached out and offered, uh, you know, during a difficult time to coach my wife, Tracy, and uh, you gave her the gift of coaching for a year. Now, I'm hesitant to promote that on the radio here because I'm, I'm sure that doesn't necessarily make sense for the business model. All that to say, you know, we've been dear friends for a long time, but uh, to see the way you have lived giving and supporting and serving is so massive. And if, you know, if people could just have the opportunity, you know, either to hear you speak or to have you run a workshop or a seminar, or if people could just get a sense of, uh, you know, the gifts that you have and how blessed you are with so many talents, uh, you've helped so many people. And I, uh, I joke, you know, I was joking earlier today talking about that gift of coaching that you gave to uh, Tracy and our family. And I said, you know, I, I thought it was a gift. And then when I came back, I just uh, saw the dynamic of how much Tracy had grown. And I remember what was so cool is we both had that experience with you, the chance to coach with you and experience that. And uh, I would just say, I would just put it out there that, uh, you know, you're the one, of the one of the first people that comes to mind anytime someone asks me about, uh, you know, who could help me move forward. And, uh, you know, so I just want to do a little, uh, I just want to do a little promotion of you because I would just say that uh, some of that helping people's spirit is what you have been and are all about. And uh, I would want listeners who don't know really you or I to really get that. Uh, it's one thing to promote giving, but... Uh, you know, to kind of show up behind the scenes when no one is looking in a big way uh, is what you have historically always have done. And uh, I'd be interested to know where you developed that because I think that uh, I know you have probably have some things to say about that. Well, I, I certainly can address it, John, but we're going to take a quick break now. And you're listening to Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee, and we'll be right back. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fima Zanke at Direct Connect Coaching. 
Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. What does creme de la creme mean? It's the greatness of living, the willingness to be the best. It's living beyond what you know is possible with no limitation. Access Consciousness presents Creme de la Creme, a program that empowers you to choose and create the life you would like to have and entices you into being who you are, not who others would have you be. It's the best of the best. It's the finer things in life. It's brilliant. It's fun. It's exciting. Join us for Creme de la Creme every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now, back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Joining me today is my very good friend, John Kane with Vector Marketing. And before the break, we were just talking about helping people. John has a motto of uh, keep helping people. And, John, you had asked me about um, helping and supporting people and what that's about for me. And I would say I learned that really well from my mom. <laughs> you know my mom, Ruthie. We call her Ruthie. And um, she is someone who I learned the art of supporting people from just from watching her. She is a great and very gifted healer. And um, she was someone that I always looked to and she would always help no matter who it was, no matter what time of day it was, she would always offer support and help. And so I guess growing up in that environment was how um, that passion for helping and supporting people kind of got cultivated within me. So um, God bless Ruthie. I wanted to get back to talking about reflecting greatness and others, John. And one of the things that I know is really important is unless you own and value your own greatness within, and I mean that from a very humble perspective, I mean, by owning it, I mean, recognizing it and being able to say, this is a unique gift and talent that I have, that is so unique that I offer it to the world in this capacity. And I want to ask you about how you own your greatness so that others can own their greatness as well. Because I know how important that really is. 
You know, I'm thinking about that, Fee. I think one of the things that comes up so often is, you know, when we, we look at ourselves sometimes, we tend to be really critical. And, you know, I, uh, you know, between, uh, you know, my wife Tracy and I, we could probably make a good list of all the things that I need help with. And, uh, you know, that list at times can be pretty demoralizing. You know, we, uh, it's very common, I think, to feel either not good enough, not smart enough. And, you know, I don't care who you are, insecurity creeps in. And, uh, I think one of the gifts of being in fertile ground and having good people around you is, you know, when you feel appreciated by people, um, it does build your confidence. So the first thing I want to share with you is that some of that comes goes back to mom and dad. You know, I grew up in a family where there was a lot of love. There was a lot of I love yous. There was a lot of uh, support. And uh, I recognize that that's not the case for everyone. That's one of the things I love so much about the work I get to do. It's that, you know, it's very possible that when someone comes to us here at Vector, they may never have heard some of the things I heard on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, while, we're, while they're selling Cutco and developing with the program and growing, they get to hear a lot of great things. And so I think the, the key i found has been, if we can focus on what we like about ourselves and put the focus on that. So, you know, for example, it's widely documented that administratively I am not the strongest person. In fact, our whole team here could tell you that I'm a nightmare when it comes to keeping track of things, lists. I lose things all the time. If Tracy were to tell you the number of times I've, you know, I'm a little absent-minded. I get a little distracted. I'm a little over the place. That's not a strength of mine. And, um, you know, sometimes I get hard on myself because I lose things. I break things. I'm, I'm a little klutzy. I bar stuff from the neighbors. I wreck them. You know, it's, it's not a good thing. And sometimes I get down on myself about things like that. And, hey, there's other things. Um, but I think when, when I think about, you know, the things that I love and I think when I think about, hey, this is what I love to do. This is the way I love to be. This is the way I like to treat people. Um, you know, by focusing on the good things, I think those things have a chance to expand and grow. I think, uh, you know, Chris Heigl, I know, uh, you know, I believe I read it in one of the books that uh, might have been Jerry Otteson's book, you know, or one of Marty's books where he talked about the concept. It might not be his quote where he talked about what you appreciate appreciates. And I think... With the people that I work with, and, I, and I, I think the lens that I try to bring to things is, what do I like about this person? What do I like about this idea? What do I like about this situation? And, you know, I think what's interesting is, you know, there are many times that there are people where someone might look at them and say, well, here's the reason why they're not the right person, or here's the reason why that's not a good idea, or here's the reason why we're not going to do this. Um, but I, I think one of the things that I, I've, that has kind of grown, you know, from, again, being in this fertile soil has been, uh, you know, hey, how can we look at things in a, through a positive light? And I, I guess, um, you know, in terms of working with people directly, let's find what's great about this person and build on that. And, you know, I think, you know, when you learn to play with those strengths, um, you know, those weaknesses kind of diminish themselves. They kind of fade off, and they're not as important. People don't care, you know, uh, you know, as many of you would know, you know, you know, people don't so much care about your physical appearance. They want to know what's going on inside of you. And that's what people come to, to I think, love, respect, and appreciate. And, uh, you know, everybody's got something special. And I think uh, finding that and, and trying to find a way to amplify that is, uh, that's fun for me. And uh, it's something that, uh, you know, it makes work fun. It makes life fun. And uh, 
I don't know. It's just uh, it's, it's kind of the perspective that uh, that's developed. Yeah, and I want to um, expand upon that, John, and say it's not just with the people that you work with, but it's with anyone that you interact with. And what I witness with you, John, is you just respecting each person that you encounter. And if anyone's ever had a chance to go out to lunch with John, I mean, there's a caring attitude that he, he carries for everyone and with everyone. And he will go out of his way to recognize someone that is serving lunch, recognize someone at a toll booth, recognize a ticket vendor, anyone, just to make them feel important and make them feel like they matter. So I've had a great uh, chance to witness that with you in action, and I think reflecting greatness in others, it does start with yourself, and it starts with you saying yes to yourself and saying yes to your gifts and talents and showing up in that best possible way that you can. We do have a, a caller, and uh, so I wanted to take a moment, and we've got Sarah from Delaware wanting to call in. So, Sarah, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Fee. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are good. you? I'm good. I wanted to pick up on something that John said that, that struck a chord with me. He said that when he's working with people, he tries to look at them and say, what does this person have to offer? What does this? What are this person's strengths? And as a uh, as a former educator and somebody who's been involved in career counseling, and I have children, and having gone through the, the public education system, I often feel as though our schools are trying to make squirrels swim and ducks climb trees. And one of the things that that I always uh, try to remember, and John. John said it so well, is that when you're working with people, you really want to focus on what they're doing right. And a lot of parenting experts will say, if you're dealing with the terrible twos, you know, try to find situations where you can say yes instead of no. And I was reminded, Fee, of the process that, uh, that you went through. You coached my son, and that was an investment that my husband and I felt really good about because he was a junior in college. And like so many of his peers, he wasn't sure what his next steps were going to be. And since I had had the privilege of coaching with you previously and knew a lot of people who who had coached with you successfully, I thought, well, I wonder if this would work for, you know, a 20-year-old, not, not just for um, a uh, professional who's had a lot of work experience. And to this day, that was several years ago, um, I think... Sam coached with you when he was 21, he's now 24, and he's graduated from college, he's successfully, uh, you know, supporting himself, sometimes with, with little sputters here and there, but he regularly um, quotes you, and this is what I wanted your listeners to know, and what he quotes about you, uh, that you shared with him, is that you need to do what energizes you, yeah. and we all have to pay the bills. But you can't just do work for work's sake. You need to find ways to energize you. And one of the skills that you have, Fee, and I hope your your uh, your listeners would be aware of this, is you have the ability to help somebody hone in 
on what they're getting their energy from. And in Sam's case, it's from music and from, uh, you know, art and creativity, any kind of creativity. Sure. But if he'd gone the normal route and not coached with you, he might have been thinking things like, I have to get a job. I have to, you know, a, a regular corporate type job because that's right. what all of his friends were looking for. Sure. And that was something that we as a family really uh, valued. And uh, the same thing for Ethan, our youngest, uh, who, who now has, has been accepted to college and will be starting in the fall. We're going to encourage him to, uh, to follow what energizes him, what makes him feel good about himself, rather than the natural self-criticism that John mentioned, where we can measure ourselves against, um, against some artificially defined expectation. Sure, and and thanks for bringing that up, Sarah. And it was such a pleasure to work so directly with Sam because he's such a gifted human being mm-hmm. and a creatively gifted human being. And that is something that if uh, I I really love to watch one of the, I think one of the great things about being the seventh child and a family of seven is that you get a chance to observe a lot and and I found myself watching my siblings as I grew up and mm. so watching people is such a great um, thing that I, I just that energizes me a lot because I watch and witness a lot rather than dive in and mm. and participate because I, I, I like to do that. And, you know, it's interesting because Sam has very different energy qualities than Ethan does. And Ethan did a Berkman report. And the Berkman is, is a great tool that assesses a person's gifts and talents. And I use that with every single client that I work with. And, and I'm actually going to have the president of uh, Berkman International on in a few weeks at the end of April mm. um, talking about that tool. But it's one that I really love because it shows exactly what energizes people and what drains them. And then we can hone in on utilizing those talents in the best possible way with the best possible strategies. And so that's um, that's really important to do. I, I think for everyone, I've done it with my kids and and uh, Jake being in college, he really loves his major because it supports all of his strengths. And, and uh, we're doing the same thing with Alexandra as we do college prep work for her and getting her launched uh, off to college next year, after, after next year. So she'll be a senior next year. So I, I do want to just say one quick thing about the teachers, though. Um, you know, teachers don't get support like what you see uh, from people like John or from people like Sarah. Teachers don't get the recognition. They, they get, instead, they get um, everything that might be going wrong in the classroom, things that might be difficult with students, some of the trying times. And what I think is really, really important in reflecting greatness to others is to recognize and acknowledge the teachers that make a difference in the lives of your children. And this is something that I learned a long time ago when my kids were young, is that I paid attention to not just their teachers, but their counselors. And I really made it a point to sit down with them and talk to them and let them know the inner workings of each of my children. 
and in doing that, it just it's a little bit of time invested in them. But in doing that and keeping in close communication with it, it, not just teachers and counselors, but also coaches. Mo- both of my kids are athletically gifted, and so there's a lot of coaches that are involved. And I talk to the coaches as well, and I think that's a really important um, element to bring and recognizing their value. And, um, John, this is something that, you know, again, you do so very well. And I, I think we need to look at it beyond the business world and look at expanding this opportunity to all people um, because every single person in the entire world has God-given gifts and talents that they have been placed on this earth to utilize. And it is our job as leaders to find that and to help them to break through and find it themselves, it's from starting from children all the way on up. And, um, you know, where it's cultivated like with people like John and with people like Sarah, where they're willing to invest and willing to partake in that. It's, it's really important, but it's important to expand beyond it, beyond it. And that's why I keep talking about this concept of the boomerang movement, because I want people to recognize their own gifts and talents. I want people to recognize the value that they hold within their hearts to know that they're gifted and that utilizing those gifts and talents is why they're put on this earth. And so um, when we come back, we're going to talk more about greatness and reflecting greatness in others. And uh, we'll get back to our questions. And if anyone else has a, a question that wants to call live, feel free to do so. But we're going to take a quick break now. You're listening to Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fima Zanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Have you figured out what's not working in your business and why? Could you use a little help? Join your host, Tamaran, for Let's Figure It Out Intimately. Tamaran was struggling with the same issue, so she hired other business coaches and experts to help her see what she couldn't. Her journey is to keep learning, and she is here to share this with you so that we can all keep working together. Let's Figure It Out Intimately. Airs live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Welcome back, everyone. I am joined by my special guest, John Kane. And, John, one of the, one of the interesting threads that comes up, the common denominators that comes up, in you developing and reflecting greatness in others is your ability to nurture relationships. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about how you value relationships and what that means to you and what types of lessons you've learned and what you can take away from the relationships in your life and in your world? Yeah, you know, I think think, think of three things. The first thing I think about Watching my mom as uh, someone was always at our dinner table. There were six kids uh, in our family, and we always had a neighbor or someone who was uh, having a tough time. Or uh, there was never just eight people at the table. In fact, it was a lot of times eight to eleven. And uh, my mom was uh, someone that, as I grew up, and I, you know, I watched her as uh, just someone who was always reaching out and. Uh, you know, she really would not just nurtured our family, but she nurtured all the people around her, whether it was at church or in the neighborhood. Um, the other thing I saw in my dad is that, my, you know, growing up, my dad put the family ahead of money, power, you know, wealth. He, he, he was always there. He showed up, and uh, I remember my dad being home. I remember us having, you know, dinners together, and I think early on, that attitude of relationships was cultivated. Um, I think in my experience with, uh, you know, professionally, and I'll tell one personal story, there was a time when I was really nervous about uh, a new work responsibility. I was being asked to do something that I didn't know any, I didn't know how to do any of the things that I was of the department I was stepping into. And I remember sitting down with uh, Albert and he just wrote on a little piece of paper. I keep it in my office to stay. He said, you know, relationships are the key. They're the key to being happy in what you do. And they're the key to being good at what you do. And he said, you know, if you just focus on treating people right, you'll figure out how to do all the stuff. And that was that was about 14 years ago. It was about the time we started coaching. And uh, I think being in a place to have that perspective as you go into life or as you go into your day-to-day, you know, interactions with your family is to realize that you're, you're always cultivating those relationships. You know, it's so easy to get focused on other things. I'll tell this last story. Um, I've only told this story one or two times uh, and to some close friends, but I'll share with you is that uh, in 2008... It was uh, September, and for those of you who invest, I know your husband Bob, being in the financial industry, probably remembers 2008, September. We all know it well, yes. There was a week there where uh, if you had been investing for years, you literally saw your portfolio 
get cut in half over the course of a couple days. And I can remember on a Monday just taking a peek at where things were, and I remember having the thought that everything I had invested in, half of it was gone just like that. And uh, I remember how I felt. And uh, it was just a couple days later that I got the news that my youngest brother, Michael, died of a drug overdose. And, uh, you know, that very same week, uh, you know, rough week in the market and the worst week, uh, one of the worst weeks of my life. And when I think about that time, I think about what our family was going through. When I think about my mom and dad, I remember them saying, hey, if all the people from work showed up at the funeral, it would be overwhelming. It was a tragedy, and they just wanted to kind of keep it, keep it close. And uh, one of the things that happened is, that uh, Al, you know, who I work with, who's the president of the company, he made a decision to have a private memorial at his home. Him and his wife, yeah. Madeline, opened up their home, and people flooded from all over. And I, you know, I remember just a few short days later, sitting in that kitchen, looking at all the people that had showed up and looking at a, at a time of tragedy of having had a chance to examine all the people in your life, you know, who shows up, and I remember having the thought that, wow, my investments are just fine. And yeah. it was like, you know, sometimes the focus is on, some, on things that we think are important, but I think sometimes things can happen in your life which really help you to sense what's important. And I guess for me, you know, what I have gone back to time and again, you know, through the different hills and valleys is that people matter more than all those things. And, uh, you know, cultivating a life that's rich with friendships and relationships um, it feels good, no matter what uh, you know. No matter you know what the conditions are around it, no matter what the weather is, you know you kind of you kind of have that, and it's a real anchor and it's a real gift. And um, I would just say that what has happened over time is my appreciation for these relationships has appreciated, and it just makes you feel like you want to keep investing. And if I could share, you know, with anybody out there today, it's something that we have an opportunity to do as part of our training and leadership development department where we do leadership days. And uh, my partner, friend, and I, Trent Booth, we essentially take time and ask people to think about who are the most important relationships in your life. And, and then we lead into a conversation that unfolds where we say, okay, what can we do about that? And uh, it's a powerful exercise that I would put out there. And um, my final thought around that fee is that you were instrumental um, in the coaching process of helping me to navigate challenges in relationships when there was a difficulty or a challenge. You helped me to understand more about how to work with anger, uh, forgiveness issues, uh, feelings of, uh, you know, a lot of things. And I think that one of the things that uh, you've been a great mentor and leader for me in is just uh, when things get stuck in relationships, how to help move past them. So I don't know if you'd be interested in sharing some of your thoughts around that, but those things have helped me so much and I'm sure would help some of the listeners. Sure. And, and as I mentioned last week, John, the emotional piece of a human being is really important. And no person ever really needs to justify his or her emotions. They just need to allow it and not resist. And part of the coaching process in helping move through experiences such as anger or grief, and that was a very uh, personal story that you shared, and I, I thank you for, for opening up your heart and sharing it because many, many, many people 
uh, most people on the planet are touched in one way or another by some sort of addiction. And uh, when it gets to the point where there's so much emotional pain that a person can't take it anymore, often society is quick to judge and say, oh, how could they do that? Or, how, you know, they shouldn't have done that. But no one knows the deep emotional pain that people experience in their lives. And the gift that I have is to be able to build a level of trust with my clients to allow any emotion to come up and to allow any emotion to be able to be voiced and to move through it. Grief is a very, very difficult emotion. And there are five phases of grief. Um, each person goes through those phases of grief. It's, there's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. And that includes grief of the loss of a relationship. It includes grief of the loss of a loved one. And each person should be allowed to go through each of those phases. And, and, and it's not just, you know, a funeral or a service or a memorial service. It takes months and sometimes years for people to grieve. And oftentimes, they're not allowed to grieve. And, they're, you know, they're just told to suck it up and just move forward. But it's important for every person out there to know that you're Feelings matter, no matter what those feelings are. Even the the sad ones, even the angry ones, even the the grieving ones, they all matter. But the important thing about it is to give yourself permission to move through them. And uh, that's a really important aspect of the relationships that I develop with people and um, what I feel so much is, is a value in working with people is being able to do that. Let's talk about something uh, really exciting, and that is that you're training for your first Ironman. Um, Take us through the process, John, of making the decision to undertake that goal, as well as your decision to raise money and awareness for a charity that's near and dear to your heart and mind, the Front Row Foundation. Let's talk a minute about that. Well, I think there's a couple factors there. I think one of the things that happens is... uh, you know, in your life is you know that there are things that uh, you, you want to improve in. And uh, I think, you know, I had an experience last year where we had uh, a friend of Tracy's, her husband, um, had two young daughters. He, uh, he ran the Broad Street Run in Philadelphia in May, and on July 4th he passed away. He was battling cancer, and the guy was a guy who, you know, right up until the time he, uh, he left us, he was... Uh, you know, fighting to be healthy and active. And uh, around that time, I had breakfast with a good friend, John Broman, and I said, you know, John, I'm just feeling like it's time to do something that, uh, to do something to challenge myself, and uh, I'm not sure what that is yet. A few uh, hours later, I got a call from Dustin Marks, who's a good friend, and uh, he said, hey, would you be interested in doing a race with me next year? And, you know, as I started wrapping my brain around it, the goal seemed really huge. It still does. I'm not quite sure whether, uh, you know, what, yeah, it's a big task to complete a race. But one of the things I just decided to do was to commit myself to a process of learning how to ride a bike and learn how to swim and just as part of my daily routine, just get involved in doing some of that. And, 
you know, the thought that inspired me was that, uh, you know, there are so many people uh, who, uh, you know, can't get out and do something like that. And I just thought, well, you know, there's a, there's a cause that's very dear to me. It's the Front Row Foundation. It's, uh, uh, you know, it was an organization that was formed around a kitchen table many years ago with a bunch of friends who in their 20s spent a lot of time going to concerts and partying and yeah. decided to... Decided to uh, uh, actually, you know, form a foundation where we, we take people who are battling a life-threatening illness or condition and take them to the front row of a sporting event. And the idea is to raise some awareness for the foundation and, uh, and uh, in, the process, uh, in, in the process help a lot of people experience a great day. So people who get a front row day literally get the day of their dreams, front row of their concert or sporting event and uh, you know, it's just something that uh, is near and dear to my heart, and it's something that's helping me to get up in the morning and work out at night and go through the process of preparing. But uh, I would say that, you know, the other thought was that, you know, sometimes in a place where you're supporting people, you know, you really long for some time for solitude and some time to think and some time to process. And I found that spiritually and personally, uh, just having some of that extended time to do some deep thinking has been really powerful. So there's been a lot of benefits, and uh, I'm just taking it one day at a time. And, uh, you know, God willing, uh, you know, if uh, I complete an Ironman, great. If I don't, no big deal. But the, the process is powerful. And uh, I think and I, that... I, uh, I commend you for it, John. And I, I know, uh, sorry to, to cut you short here, because we've got a wrap. I can't believe it, that our time is uh, about to close here. But I do want to encourage our listeners to check out the Front Row Foundation. Just go on the web. Uh, it's a great organization providing so much love and support to so many people. Um, and as we wrap up today, John, I just am so appreciative of you sharing your message with us. I do want to encourage our listeners to continue the boomerang movement. Send me an email or Facebook message. Let's see what happens when you hold others in their greatness and recognize what's so valuable with each person that you connect with over this next week. Joining me next week is former NFL speedster and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, Don Beebe. We've got a great interview scheduled with Don. And tomorrow, John, I know is uh, John Jr.'s birthday, so a very festive and happy birthday to JDK Jr. And once again, to all of our troops, and from my heart to yours, peace be with all of you. May you be safe and protected, and thank you so much for your service. And to my dear friend, John Kane, you are an amazing human being. Thank you so much for joining us. It was awesome, Faye. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Fee Mazanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then. Save on your prescriptions with the 